everybody! Welcome to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. Uh, This is a podcast where we come to you to talk about all things triathlon, uh, whether it's your questions, how we're doing in training, uh, current hot topics in the sport, um, or sometimes just some random things about life. So if you like to listen to people blabber, you've come to the right place. I am Erin Oliphant, a age group triathlete, uh, USAT certified triathlon coach and swim analysis specialist. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Kayla Bowker, mom to two beautiful boys, a professional triathlete, also a USAT certified triathlon coach and just a badass. Uh, So Kayla, how are you doing on this beautiful morning? You have now officially made yourself the official introduction person of the podcast. (laughs) I am no longer doing it. That was so good. So good. Literally made my morning. That was the best. I hope everybody else. Spice it up a little bit. Yes. I hope everybody else loves that as much as I did. I had like this huge smile on my face because of it. So, (laughs) oh man. I'm good. I probably can hear it from my voice here a little bit. I can't seem to shake whatever I've got <sighs> sickness-wise. I think I had I had last week I took um, a lot of time off training. So like I was scheduled to do 24 hours. I did 14. I took a full day off. I uh, tried my sessions. I never really did them and just kind of felt very weirdly like didn't feel bad. Like I actually had like wanted to train like you know sometimes when you're sick you don't want to you just don't want to like I actually wanted to like I had the I felt like I had the energy to do it wanted to do it um but also didn't feel good at the same time so that was fun and with racing coming up of course like starting to like mentally spiral a little bit yeah Got back to train yesterday. It went surprisingly well, but then I woke up this morning and now I feel like I have a sinus infection. Like my heart rate feels really, really high. Um, I was just looking to see if it's measuring well. Like I think it's 80 beats per minute right now and I'm just sitting here. Um, That's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't actually feel bad though. So... Like, yeah, yesterday went fine. And I think I'm going to, we'll try everything today and see how, kind of see how it goes. Cause I don't feel horrible. I just kind of have a bit of a headache and my heart rate is really high. Um, and. But when you're training, when you're sick, how do you judge what's the right amount of training to do when you start a workout? How do you know when to continue and when to stop? Yeah, that's a great question. That's one of the questions that we actually got today. So like. I'll use last week for as an example. So last week I woke up on, I had a really great day Wednesday. Um, training wise, I had a huge training, training session, three sessions. I, I did a, uh, 3.5 K swim. I did a three hour bike and an hour run. Um, so pretty hefty day. And I was, had been having a really sore throat kind of leading all the way through that. And just was like, well, my throat, my throat is sore. It doesn't really matter. And then Thursday I woke up and I kind of felt a little more like just didn't feel as good. My throat was really, really raw. Um, my ears were pretty plugged and I just didn't, I did not feel so. I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to take the full day off and just 
kind of see, allow my body to kind of rest. So that was me preactively deciding like, hey, I am getting sick. I need to make a decision here. And I decided to take the full day off. Then Friday, I attempted a run and I had to, I went, did 30 minutes. I attempted it and I told my, I had 90 minutes on the schedule and I attempted running. So I got out there running. I did not feel horrible, but my heart rate was sky high. Like I think it was 180 beats per minute at 840 minute pace, which for like 180 beats per minute. For me, I should be like redlining, like in a race at the end of end of a 70.3. And I had to walk like every five minutes or so. And so that instantly told me I got to about 20 minutes. And I was like, nope, you need to go home. Doing this doesn't make any difference. And I did not do anything else the rest of the day. Right. So that was me knowing, okay, your body is fighting something. Your heart rate is really high. You can't run like 830s feels like a seven minute mile effort-wise. So my effort felt really, really high for the pace. My heart rate was really, really high. I had to walk. Like I was showing signs of not feeling great. Then, so I took that piece off. And then Saturday, I kind of did something similar. I actually felt felt good Saturday. So I attempted, but I couldn't even hold 130, I couldn't even hold 130 to 140 watts on the bike. Um, I felt like I was slogging my way uphill. I wasn't breaking a sweat. So once again, that's my body saying, nope, something's not right. You're not working well. So I stopped the bike workout and I didn't do the rest of my weekend. So it's just kind of like one, I was really, I did not feel, this is a little bit tricky because I did not feel bad technically. Like I didn't feel great, but like I didn't feel super sick. I still had fairly good energy. And so all I did is I told myself, well, you can attempt things, but you, if you, if your heart rate is way higher than normal for what you're doing, if you can't hit the watts, like, right, these are all the pieces that I was kind of listening to. So in this situation, it was a whole, it was a bunch of like, okay, let's attempt it. Let's see what happens. And if you just cannot seem to get yourself into a space that you can do it, and I noticed on like Saturday, I started to get like mentally spiral a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. I can't do this. I'm going to be back to lot. Like, great. That's not a space you want to be in. Time to stop. Um, so in that instance, like for this type of sickness, it was really just about attempting each day, giving myself grace of just, nope, not working. You're done. Don't try. Um, and kind of going from there. Um. Now, again, if we kind of look at today, I will use a very similar tactic because I really don't feel bad. I just seem to have some congestion in my head. Um, And so I'm going to attempt everything and kind of base it off of how I'm feeling Um, and then continue taking it each day by day. Now, if you are sick to the point where you are coughing up a lung, (laughs) um, maybe you've had uh, really bad stomach issues, you haven't eaten in a lot of days, like you need to, then all you're doing is going to be like messing with your immune system even more and you're not going to get any better. Um, so managing sickness is really hard. Um, cause all of us want to train most of the time. 
But you have to really look at the big picture and be willing to have like that thousand meter zoom lens or whatever and know, okay, if I keep trying to push through this now, I could potentially make it so that it takes me a month to recover versus four to seven days. You will not lose fitness in four to seven days. You take a month off for being sick, then you're going to have a harder time coming back from it. So that's how I've been really trying to think of it. So You mentioned earlier kind of mentally spiraling with race season (laughs) quickly approaching. (laughs) What are your biggest tips to kind of prevent that from happening and kind of keep the self-belief that you've done enough work, you're going to be okay at the race, you're still in a good spot? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had like a little bit of a mental space <laughs> this weekend where I was like, nope, I'm I'm failing. I'm not going to, I'm going to have another year like I did last year where I just felt like I was fighting my body the whole time. Like, right. This is like a whole mental yep. spiral piece. Um, so one, I said it all out loud, like say it out loud. Sometimes, sometimes if you get it out, I can just kind of say it to somebody either to your honestly either to yourself or or to somebody who like is completely third party um you know like I told my husband this and I I was like I don't really want your opinion right now I just I just need to say like I just need to get this out I just need I need to say this out loud I texted my coach that I was I was kind of mentally struggling about it and you know she just was just a quick reminder you know hers was just a simple reminder like Kayla that that's all in your head. You've had a really amazing build up to this. You don't lose fitness in in a week. You you have to allow your body. She's like, you have to allow your body to heal. And um, you know, we've you know, you're going to be fine. You know, allowing your giving yourself the space to heal. So a couple of things it is one, I I, I messaged talked to some people, messaged some people or like my coach and talked to my husband just to get it out, say it out so it just wasn't festering inside me. Mm-hmm. And two, um, I really, I actually went back and like reminded myself of all the work that I had just done and like, okay, you put in a really good four ish, four to six week build, like that will pay off. So even though you've got a race coming up in six weeks, it's not your A race, your A race is in 12 weeks. So like, right, kind of reminding myself again, like, hey, you've got lots of time. And so knowing that'll be okay. And then just reminding myself to like, what, what one of the goals that I set this year was to be, to, to be smarter about my body. Like I felt like last year I spent all year, um, kind of pushing through things like never really feeling good, but never allowing myself to really heal and recover when I would get sick or anything. And I think it just caused a lot of like, like physiological spirals a little bit. And like, nope, one of your goals was to be smart this year with listening to your body. And that's what you're doing right now. So now you're taking, you're attacking a goal that you promised yourself you would do for the year. So So you're winning. I'm winning. Yes, I'm winning. Even though it doesn't feel that way because everything's all stuffy. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Just managing, managing that. Um, hanging with the kids. Nice thing was I got to hang with the kids a little bit more this weekend. Um, which is always a bonus. 
um, instead of, you know, doing some training, I um, took the kids for ice cream yesterday. No, Aww. Monday. After, so I picked them up early from school because I, I kept Monday pretty easy. So, like, just able to do things like that. Um, and that made it made it a lot easier and more fun. Yeah. So, um, hoping the rest of the week goes well and that we can kind of, you know, I managed to get myself through this and get back because racing is coming up. I'm racing in, like, six weeks. Yeah, six weeks, something Woo! like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm getting antsy for racing to start. I'm good. You're good. <laughs> it just feels like it's been so long. I'm um, still uh, building that training. Yes. Need a little more time, so yeah. I'm good. But um, how, okay, everybody, we all have to wish Erin a quick happy birthday because she had a birthday late last week. So what did you do for your birthday? Anything fun? Yeah, well, birthday in itself was not the best day, but for my birthday weekend, I guess. Um, and on my birthday, I drove to LA. It took like eight and a half hours instead of the Ooh. five and a half it's supposed to take. Because um, of weather? or There was a bad accident Damn. that closed two lanes on I-10, or like both lanes. So I was like sitting still for... I don't know. I didn't wait that long. I waited like 15 minutes before being like, I'm going to flip a U-turn on the highway right now, which is not the best decision, but other people were doing it. And <laughs> I didn't feel like sitting there. So I took like a back road, which ended up being super beautiful. And now I'm tempted to go camp near Cactus City, which is maybe like 20 miles before Indio, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a really pretty road. But then, yeah, it was just traffic. And I don't even know. I just felt like I was in the, my car all day. And I drove during this drive. I woke up super early on my birthday thinking, okay, the lifetime in Goodyear is on the way to LA. I will stop there and get my swim workout in for the day before making the rest of the drive. But then I remembered when I was driving, I hate working out in the morning. So, <laughs> and I knew like our hotel was right by LMU, which I spent a summer interning at, like living on LMU's campus while I had an internship in the LA area. And they have a beautiful pool. So I called them before I passed the Lifetime Goodyear. And I was like, hey, I was wondering if you sell day passes and if I can buy a day pass without having a student like associated with me. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, perfect. I'll swim once I get there instead of swimming in the dark and the cold. And then I get there and they're like, you can't swim without a student. And what? after being in the car for eight and a half hours, I almost lost it. Uh, but then uh, I got to the hotel room and the hotel had put a bottle of champagne in my hotel room and my sister was there and we went out for a nice dinner and then on Saturday yeah. I saw Ledium. Um <clears throat> who that was just a phenomenal show. So my birthday got a lot better. But uh not Perfect. being able to swim after spending that much time in the car really Yeah, it probably would have felt good. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Oh, that's a bummer. That's always frustrating. I hate spending time in the car. But yeah. Mm. 
uh, and non-birthday news. Look down at my feet today. My toenails are almost fully grown back from Kona, so that's exciting. Hey, now you can get a pedicure. Yeah. Oh, and I think some of our listeners might enjoy my uh, day yesterday that stressed me out. I, I had a, I was supposed to do a brick and I started my brick inside. I was like seven minutes into warm up and like looked out the window and I was like, you know what? It really doesn't look that bad outside. Let's go hop on my bike and do it outside. So Did you I try to do this like late afternoon? Yes. Okay. I know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> so I started outside and I was just being pelted by rain. It was windy as hell. <laughs> It was like yeah. 50 degrees. I was just wearing like bib shorts and a sports bra because that's all I wear on the trainer. And I just kind of like walked outside. <laughs> and I did one lap around the block. I was like, this isn't happening. So I put my bike in the garage. I come back upstairs to try and get on the trainer. And my, I like couldn't get erg mode to turn off, but I also couldn't get it to like switch watts. So, like, it was just stuck at 103 watts, I think. (laughs) No. Damn it. So, and, like, at this point, it's been, I don't know, like, 40 minutes of just trying for, like, 10 minutes of work. (laughs) I was like, I don't have time for this today. I mean, I never really have that much time to waste. But, uh, yeah. So then I ended up going to the gym to get my a different workout in on the treadmill and an easy just thousand yard stretch out. But perfect. Perfect. Felt like a yeah. crap shoot. You picked like the absolute wrong time to attempt to go outside because that's right when all the rain hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that you gotta love when that happens. But hey, you got it done. And it kind of brings us to a really good to- the next good topic because we're having you really focus on your run cadence a little bit right now um so run cadence for those of you that aren't know what we're talking about it's basically strides per minute meaning how often your foot is on the ground for the most part um very similar to bike cadence which is revolutions per minute um this is just kind of called strides per minute now like the age-old rule of thumb golden rule guideline whatever you want to call it of like the ideal run cadence and i air quotes ideal um is like 180 ish to 185 beats per minute now again steps i really per minute. steps per minute sorry <laughs> strides <laughs> per minute i think i always end up saying beats per minute um even even on the trainer right or the bike like i think i call it beats per minute and it's <laughs> revolutions per minute um so and what really the point the point of having a higher run cadence really comes down to um, efficiency, speed, and um, I don't always like, again, I don't like using the word injury prevention for this, but it it can kind of be a little bit of like a niggle prevention. Because when you have a lower cadence, usually what that means is that your foot is on the ground well, there's a couple things that it means. Often it can mean that you're overstriding. Most people tend to overstride when they have a lower stride per minute, meaning their their heel, their foot lands further out from underneath their hips than it should. Um, but it also tends to mean, and this is where for Aaron, more than anything, what it means is that you're on the ground for a lot longer. 
right? When you're on the ground for a lot longer, that means that you're putting your energy into the ground instead of propelling yourself forward. So we're having Erin kind of work on trying to um, increase her cadence a little bit so that she's a little bit more efficient and that she's, um, you know, a little more springy off of the ground. Um, so she did a run yesterday and improved her cadence by about 10 strides per minute, which is amazing. Um, and so I want her to kind of talk through what did she focus on? Where did she do her run to help this and anything that she found helpful in kind of like making this more of a focal point than anything. Yeah. Um, I think there's like two main things I've been working on and like getting it up 10 steps per minute um, wasn't an overnight thing. I've been working on this all off season. It just kind of finally clicked yesterday. (laughs) Um, But I think two main things I've been working on is like the first being all the things that like good run form and like what a runner coach will tell you so like focusing on your knee drive like focusing like watch good runners take that outside do all that so I've been watching a lot of videos of some of the greatest runners like Annie Hogg and whatnot run and try to picture myself looking like them when I run um and I do think visualization is a really powerful tool So that's the first thing I've been doing. And then the second thing I've been doing um, is I've been seeing, well, I've seen her two or three times, but each time I get a new drill um, and then I work on it is I've been seeing like a body movement physiology specialist person. Um, And I don't even know where we're fully going with it because um, it's very, like, methodical the way she does it. Mm-hmm. And she just wants you to really get to know what your body's doing and really develop body awareness. Yeah. Um, but she's incredibly smart. She's worked with many Olympic athletes. But, like, we, it started just with silly exercises when I'm sitting down, um, going to, like, heel drop and, like, learning like how to keep momentum of my heel dropping like when it hits the ground just like bouncing up and how to continue doing that to now I'm doing walking drills where I'm like just using my like hips to move me um and basically the point of all the exercises I'm doing is how to like let energy flow into your like movement instead of like muscling your way through it which I'm very good at muscling my way through things Mm -hmm. um but it's also (laughs) that's not a good thing um so like really learning how to let my like skeletal system just transfer energy appropriately um so those are like drills I've been doing um that I think are starting to help like translate to my running um Mm -hmm. so then yesterday I did my run on the treadmill at Lifetime, and they have a lot of treadmills at Lifetime that, like, actively tell you your cadence, um, as well as your ground contact time, your stride length, all that. And to be able to see my um, my steps per minute in, like, real time while I'm running 
and just like focus on that, set the speed on the treadmill and forget it. And the only thing I'm focusing on is getting at like right at 170 steps per minute. I think that was super, super helpful. And I think like with all the drills I've been doing, having that number up and just like being able to strictly focus on that, not like focus on like having to hit a certain pace at all was really helpful. And just then being aware of how that felt and hopefully yeah, I can my translate next it more into my outside runs next time I run outside. What did you feel was different about like, could you feel your, <clears throat> could you feel your knee dri- like driving? Could you feel your hamstrings engaging or like, those are just too like fast. Like, what did you actually yeah. feel when you did that? Like, what was the difference? Could you, could you feel the difference? Um, I think like keeping my glutes engaged through the entire like motion because I'm not of a problem when I land my foot, my hip like drops mm-hmm. and then my glute engages to push off. Whereas like just kind of keeping the whole system like engaged through the movement allows that foot to like drop and go instead of having mm-hmm. your like body have to reset and go. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get more power because you're going to be engaged first instead of wasting all the energy again, back into the ground, waiting for everything to engage and then come out of it. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, and I'm excited for you with it because I really think it's going to pay dividends across the, across, like across a marathon, right? Because then it could maybe potentially help with the cramping issues that, you know, potentially you have, like there's so many pieces that it can help with. Um, yeah, I, I mean, was actually I think thinking the, of you. Oh, go for it. Oh, I just think the main thing, like, when I'm doing distance running, my, like, hamstrings and my calf and my quads, they all get so worn out um, because I'm basically running purely through strength. And there's mm-hmm. only so much strength you can handle. Whereas if I get that cadence up, kind of similar I've talked about on the bike. When you get your cadence up on the bike and you're biking at, like, 85 reps per minute instead of like 75 you'll feel like when you start running your legs don't feel as heavy same idea running to running (laughs) like Mm -hmm. if I can get my steps up per minute my legs aren't going to feel as muscular fatigue towards the end of the marathon it will become more aerobic which I have an amazing aerobic system and I want it to be failure by my aerobic system failure by my muscular system so yeah you nailed it. That's another reason why it's so important. Um, I was thinking about you while I was running the other day because I was trying to like think of all the cues that I use when I'm out there. And one thing I really thought about too is that I focus on is I really try to focus on running all like through my big toe because then you're feeling kind of the you're one, you're going to be landing in more of a neutral um zone and it's easier to pop on and off your foot when you're laying yeah. in a neutral zone. And that's where all your power comes from. Like the more that you can like kind of focus on running through that big toe, um, really makes a huge difference. Um yeah. yeah. Your cadence is really key. Like, I mean, this is something that I've been working on for a long time as well. Um and I've always had naturally high cadence when I run, but I've even worked over the last couple of years, like my running really improved when I really focused on um trying to increase that cadence even a little bit more to really again for me one of the keys that I focus on is to feel like driving my knee up and 
right? The more, because the more I go up, the more it's going to land underneath me. And the faster I'm going, like a piston, like I imagine like um, a, a rail car. A yeah. Rail car. That's the old, uh, a train. <laughs> <laughs> going, I knew what going you up, meant. Going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I imagine, like my legs trying to do when I'm running even. Um, and having the last piece that I really, really focus on is having a little bit of forward lean. A lot of people, and you, you, you are one of them, run very up and down, right? But you really want to try to have a forward lean a little bit. And this lean comes from your, here's the crazy part, the lean comes from your ankles. Ankles, yeah. It doesn't come from your hips. Um, and so you have to really, like you talked about, you just talked about how you were, felt like you were engaging your glutes a lot more. That is kind of the key to this forward lean coming through your ankles. Um, because you have to stabilize everything kind of in your pelvic region, your lower core, um, and your glutes, and then you kind of lean from your ankles. I always tell people to try to, one of the things I learned when I was really young to get this feel was to stand next, like stand in front of a wall, um, and then like fall into the wall. You don't fall into the wall, like face first, like through your hips, you fall into the wall by engaging, like flexing your ankles and that is running um so yeah i was really excited to see your run yesterday it looked so good yeah so. i'm excited and i think uh other news if you've been following the podcast for a long time you know i've struggled to find shoes that work for me Ooh. um but i've been running in the a6 nova blasts and I hated them on my first run. I was getting really bad blisters kind of on the ball of my foot and like just a lot of heat spots. But then I loosened the shoe and I've been running in them ever since. So Ooh. I might try the uh, A6 carbon shoe and yeah. uh, the carbon might help with the cadence too. I mean, I it didn't will. realize this when I did the surgery because I wasn't really in the sport yet, but the joint of my right midfoot uh is fused so I don't get that pronation to help push mm, off either yeah. and respond to the ground on my right foot. Uh so I think having the carbon's gonna be especially helpful there too and getting Yeah. Up. It does. I don't want to rely on the carbon. I'm working on it without, but um yeah. We'll probably feel hey, a l- every little bit helps too. I mean yeah. I <laughs> I like having the carbon for that exact reason. It <laughs> makes it easier. There's a reason that like these super shoes are fast and people love them because they do make like getting your cadence up a little bit easier. Um, and yeah, that it can make a huge difference um, from that standpoint. So um, I'm excited. Uh, Hoka just came out with a new uh, race shoe. Yeah. I, Have uh, you tried it yet? Not yet. I'm waiting for my credit card to turn over <laughs> so that I can <laughs> not have to pay for it till later. Um, I, I have to buy a bike bag this week. I'm, I'm just, I'm stuck. Ku oh. recommends the Evoc one that, that fits the bike, but then I don't know. The bike box Allen ones seem nice. And Yeah, I would love to get a bike box Allen. But I am having, a, I can't quite justify $1,000 for a bike bag. Yeah. It's They're so both expensive. gonna run me a thousand dollars, so I'm just. Does I've it been, not? I, I know. Cycl- I've known cyclone? this has been coming for a while. I've been saving for it. I just. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Anyway, in the if anyone wants a perfectly good Psycon bag, 
it works great. Just doesn't fit my bike. Right. Cause my bike's lower. Uh, yeah. Lowered. It's lower. Uh, hit me up. I'll yeah. give you a good price on a used bike bag. That perfect. Everybody hit up Aaron on a <laughs> bike <laughs> bag. <laughs> yeah. I would love to uh, buy the bike box Allen. Um, but again, I similarly couldn't justify the cost of one when I was buying a new bike back. If I get a hard so. case, I get to put stickers on. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> it's the cool things in life. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, okay, we did have a question on what was our favorite. I think we've answered this before, but it was quite a few podcasts ago. And um, hey, we'll answer it again. Um, what is our favorite post-race food or treat either way however we want to say it um i it really depends on what race i do like uh it's different for an ironman versus a, a full a 70.3 for me what i want um mine changes all the time yeah same i don't like think i have one i mean all's good <laughs> just yeah. give me food. like eat just eat try to eat and and maybe you even can't like again depends on how deep i go too yeah like at tremblant when i went so that's the deepest i've gone in a race in a really really long time i literally couldn't i ate some chips and i just i could not eat i sipped on some bone broth or some broth like Nothing sounded yeah. good. I didn't want uh, anything. I do love chicken broth after a race. Yeah. Um. Oh, I went and got ice. I I got an ice cream on a cookie. That's like all I could mm. even like think that I could stomach after Tremblant. Um, yeah. I, and then I the next know. day, I ate everything. I love soda. Love milkshakes. Craft mac and cheese. French fries. With any of that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just Yeah. It just, it's just so dependent. Like, yeah. A, a lot of times I, I can't get myself to chew anything. So, yeah. like, things that are soft, like milkshakes, craft mm-hmm. mac and cheese. Honestly, sometimes I just want a core power. I love my vanilla core powers. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Oh, I do. I do like, um, uh, especially after an Ironman, I usually want a uh, Starbucks coffee. Like, I think the heat feels really good on my throat from, like, breathing yeah, so I've hard. Yeah, I've never once the- wanted that. And then I'm usually so out of it that I think the caffeine kind of, like, makes my brain start to function a tiny bit. <laughs> and it's warm. <laughs> Mind you, my coffees are extraordinarily pathetic. I have to get like a mocha latte. So it's like this much coffee and uh, <laughs> mostly milk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in reality, just whatever sounds good. You just raced. Treat yourself. Eat something. that Eat a burger. Like have your chicken nuggets if that's what you want. Um I don't yeah. think there's like a specific thing that you need to eat. No, eat whatever you want. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not a specific thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, I was wondering who are we most excited to watch at the T in the T one hundred PTO series. Oh, um, because I know we talked about the T one hundred series last time, but we didn't actually talk about like who who are we excited to watch because. I think it's going to have some exciting racing and there's some definitely some like, you know, strong hitters in there that could be really fun. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm just excited to watch it. Like I don't, yeah, I don't think for me, there's like an individual. I just, I'm, I'm excited to watch the battle for the podium race after yeah. race. Because I don't think it's going to be the same person every time. Yes, I agree with that. I think that's cool. Like, previously in races, like, it, as long as certain people show up, you're pretty much always like, oh, yeah, they're going to be on the podium. But this is the top 16 men and women, and you just don't know who's going to show up. I will say I'm more excited for the women than the men. So that's yes. cool for sports. Same. Honestly, I'm really excited to kind of see Lucy Charles do it because, right, she's always been a long, like long, long, like not always, but she's been very focused on on Iron Man and Kona. But now she's putting all her eggs in this basket. And it'll be really interesting to see what that looks like for her. Yeah. From a, a different physiology, physiological standpoint, kind of like in racing because she's done well at these but she's never been you know she's not really been the person that's like always on the top of the you know you never really think she's gonna be the person to win it but you know you usually got you know ashley gentle or or annie haug or or potentially gonna be the ones that win it and but she's with a new focus like what will that do i think it could be really interesting yeah, I just think the whole thing will be really cool to see how it plays out. Yeah, and bring just really exciting racing across yeah. the board. Um, yeah, I'm also really excited to for like I wish no I get why I know why like Iron Man doesn't put out their race um not the race schedule their start list until like. I think it's like two, it's like three weeks beforehand because they don't, they, they don't close the registration until um, about four weeks out. So they wouldn't be able to put a start list out. Cause right. You don't actually know, but anyways, I'm excited to see who's on the start lists moving forward. Yeah. Because, I am too. Yeah. Like we just don't really know because there's some people that signed up for the um, T100 series that like Sky Munch, I wasn't really expecting her to sign up for it. And um you know, what is now what does this look like? Who like who's who's going after some of these these longer distance races? I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll be really exciting. Um yeah. to kind of see. You no, know, like I think like Jocelyn McCauley is a strong name who just didn't make yeah. that top fifteen. Uh at least in the US circuit. Like I think Laura Phillip in Europe will be mm-hmm. probably focused on the Iron Man distance. No, Laura uh, Phillip did the T100 series. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking uh, Lisa Norton. Sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, in other news, this is completely random, but I was listening to a podcast upon, on Lucy Gossage, who was an ex-professional triathlete who just did the white, uh, I'm not going to get this right, but something spine race in England, like the white mountain spine race or something like this. And the w- male winner did it in 72 hours and she was out there for an additional 30. In the middle of winter, and it's like a self-supported run, winter, oh my gosh. My mind is like blown on what she accomplished. Amazing. So I think she was out there for 100 hours. I think that's how long it took her. It's like 200 and some odd miles. Like through these mountains in, in I, I think, England. I don't actually know, honestly. But she got caught in a blizzard and, it, like, couldn't, didn't sleep for, like, 30 straight hours. Oh, and, and she just never gave up and was just constantly, like, refocusing on her. It, it was amazing. You should, anybody ever should go listen to any podcast about it because it's really cool what she accomplished. Um, and she did it for... Um, to follow along, not to to support some sort of. She works in an oncology unit now, um, and so she did it to pr- raise funds for cancer. And um, anyways, this I just I don't think I could do something like that. Do you? I I don't know. Huh. I don't know that I'd want to. I mean, I probably I don't could want do to. it. That's the thing. It's like. Yeah. I do believe if someone like told me like your life depends on doing this, <laughs> yeah. I could do it. Yeah, true, um, true. I feel like I can push myself to do that. I just don't want to. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not signing up for that. No, I don't like the blizzard thing. Really, is the turn off. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I am though. I've got a friend who's doing. I think it's called Coconino. It's like a 200, 250-mile run um, mm-hmm. from from Phoenix to Flagstaff, I think. Ooh, cool. Um, and I'm pacing him for some of that. And I'm super yeah, excited right. to, like, see all the people out there because to do that distance is yeah. pretty inspirational. Yeah. It's really crazy. I like, the mental fortitude that it takes for, like, talk about the idea of, like process like focus on process and focus on and and being able to focus under pressure and and just again i think it really comes down to a lot of the focusing on the process and what you're doing and one step like one foot in front of the other and not necessarily like positive thinking but rather like procedural thinking and procedural motivation and deep into your why and like this gut feeling of never wanting to give up on something. Um, I don't know. That was a complete tangent, but I just happened to think of it. And I was think it's what she did was really cool. And her podcast is really amazing. I don't remember where it is. All I know is if you were like search Lucy Gossage and you probably could find different podcasts on her, but it was um, really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> okay. Our last question I want to say is, 
uh, I, again, listening to another podcast and they talked about this idea. I think I've said this before. Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I drive really far sometimes and <laughs> I just, that's what I do. Um, but they were talking about the lessons that they learned the hard way. So like saying like the, that maybe the failures or the lessons that they learned in training or racing or whatever, and they learned them the hard way. We all have them. Um, um, so what are some of maybe the things that we learned the hard way that we, uh, we wouldn't do again, or we would try not to do again, um, <clears throat> with training and racing? I mean, I think there's things that you're going to fail and I will, and you learn, but you'll probably do it again sometime, like fueling during a long session. Failed (laughs) that. It's affected my next day. I'm like, you're an idiot. Why'd you do that? (laughs) Um, But I'm also pretty confident that that is going to happen again. And I'm going to learn that lesson once again. I know. Same. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a trial by error that I think you just have to constantly mess up. Um, I think race wise, I mean, my first Ironman, I have a power meter on my bike. So having that now is a little different, but Mm -hmm. don't pedal to compensate for it being windy out or like, like not to an extreme. Um, yeah. Cause like, I mean the whole field really. At Ironman Texas in 2022, just 30 mile per hour direct headwind with like 50 mile per hour gusts on the bike course. And if you look at the splits from that year, yeah, you see it in the bike splits, but you also see it in everybody's run times. Yeah, like you do. It was bad. (laughs) Like it's like we all collectively learned that lesson together. Yes. How, how, it's like a lesson too of like how much the bike affects the run in a weird weird way like that and I think that's actually a good lesson because it really kind of highlights like how important training the bike can be so like a lot of times I'll get athletes that come and they and they are like I I really want to improve my run like we need to run all the time I want to run all and it's like okay well first actually let's take a step back let's look at your bike how is your bike like how is your cadence? How's your nutrition on the bike? How, how uh, what is our fitness on the bike? Because a better fitness, a better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on the bike actually really benefits the run. And if you can take a step back and, and focus on the bike for a little while, it will naturally improve your run. And then you go from there. Um, I don't know if that's like a lesson to learn the hard way, but it's just a lesson in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That marathon was really, really painful. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, remember mine being fairly painful as well. Um, yeah, fueling's the big one for me that I have messed up a couple of times that I've learned the hard way. Um, I think, I'm trying to think. I mean, through swimming, I did learn, like, it's not worth training when you're sick. Um, because... Yeah. When I was swimming, I got really, really, I got sick in November. It was like just sick, but I kept training because I had winter nationals in like three weeks and I just kept going and going. And I mean, eventually I stopped and took time off. But at that point, like it was so far gone. I had to have sinus surgery because my body physically, no matter like what drugs I was put on, just could not get myself healthy. So 
surgery is yeah. a good way to learn. <laughs> <laughs> there's your, there's your hard way. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think over the years, what did I learn the hard way? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know if like even from a training standpoint, but I, you know, I learned the hard way, the, the, the power that comes from not having enough self-belief and allowing yourself to do everything for other people in that sense and not like standing up for yourself. I learned that the hard way because for me that led to an eating disorder and right. I mean, yeah, that's my, that was my lesson that came from it. Um, so that's a big hard way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and, um, but from like just a silly, like, what did I learn the hard way? I mean, I think we all learn the hard way of uh, clipping in and out of our bike. Anybody else fall over at a stop sign <laughs> once or twice? That would be me. I did the uh, Peloton so much before I got outside. Oh, yeah. So you just I actually kind of knew how to clip in and out. I knew how to clip in. However, I think like riding an arrow freaked me out. And I did ride into a ditch. Oh, no. Uh, That's good. I think riding outside clipped in. I mean, I still fall trying to make a (laughs) U-turn. There's your your hard way. Learning how to turn. (laughs) Not knowing knowing how to turn. Um, That's a tough one. because, yeah, learning how to turn is just tough in general. Um, uh, don't make your shoes wet during oh, an iron. Oh, yes. I definitely learned that one the hard way. That's a good one. Yeah. Yes. I did that at Kona. And I, Brandon had to carry me afterwards because my feet hurt so bad I couldn't walk. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So don't let people spray you with water. Um, or if they do, like, ask them for it to be, like, way up high. Yeah, you can like, ask don't them let them pour, like, a bucket over your head. Yep. And, like, when you're dumping water, like, from cups, I always now, because previously I used to just dump, like, let it fall straight, like, down. But if you actually kind of dump backwards a little bit, like, splash across your face or whatever and kind of have it fling backwards, it won't quite as much drip, like, straight down to your um <laughs> to your feet um oh at tremblant i learned that my gels had 100 milligrams of caffeine and i took like 1400 milligrams of caffeine and i couldn't sleep the night so can you really sleep like well a, after an iron man i usually don't i usually am someone who i may not sleep well but i can go to bed at a normal hour okay i was literally awake until one in the morning because i could not i was so wired i could not sleep and I'm pretty positive I had to do with like the, the caffeine. 75 I mean, million cups of coffee, coffee I'm I sure. basically consumed. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not saying that my sleep is usually great after night, man. I'm usually wake up like stupid early for some random reason or, but I'm not usually awake till one in the morning. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what other listeners lessons are that they learned the hard way. So if you want to share with us, um, you can actually comment under this in Spotify. 
which I didn't realize. So, um, kind of cool. So if you want to share, and if you are listening to this on Spotify and you want to share what lessons you learned the hard way, you can comment on Spotify or you can always send them to us um, on Instagram and maybe we'll find, we'll pick some, if anybody does share, we'll pick some good ones to share next time. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I got. Did you watch the women's Olympic marathon trials? Or men's? No, I was no. in LA doing things, but, um. I do always really enjoy after a big race, like looking at everybody's Instagrams, mm-hmm. whether they like won or lost. Cause I just, I like to hear like the post race reflection yeah. and like dialogue and too. stuff. Um, yeah. I think it was just the, the women's well, actually men and women, I think was just a really cool. Both were kind of just really cool stories of like, just not never being afraid to bet on yourself because for sure. You just never know. I think the winner, or maybe she was in the top one of the top three that did it. I think her dad always told her, like, anybody is beatable on any given day. And if you just bet on yourself, then maybe you're going to be that person. Um, yeah. And so I think that's just a really cool example of, like, not being afraid to bet on yourself. Because, hey, you never know. You never know who's going to show up. You never know how they're going to show up. Another good way, reason to never, do not, either don't look at the start list, or if you do look at the start list, like, don't take it too seriously, because, right, you never know how somebody's going to show up. You never know if they actually are going to show up. And so at the end of the day, you are the only person that is in control of yourself showing up, and so you have to focus on you, and you never, because. I mean, even during a race, you never know who's going to blow up. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, Sam Laidlow is a good example of that. Not to like use him on the podcast all that much because he's got controversy, but he, everybody wrote him off because he always blows up, but he didn't. He figured it out. Figured it out for him. Oh, that Um, was an impressive niece performance. It was. Also, I have decided that I would love to race at uh, Ironman World Championships Nice. And I have like this s- sneaky, like, what if, if I, right? We've talked about saying our goals out loud. So I'm going to say it out loud. I think if I get myself close at Texas, there's like this possibility based off of people already having slots, people needing to just only validate, maybe not taking them because they're doing the T100 series. I don't know. I feel like I can't even say it I out loud. I think you can but do like, it. Why not, right? Like shoot yeah. for the stars? Why not you? Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. Why not? That okay. This leads great. me to one last little piece because I was listening again, listening to another podcast. And one of the questions that they had in the podcast was as a, um, whether age group or professional, what were we talking professional? Like they say, well, why would you race Kona or race a world champ- world championships if you're not going to make, potentially make any money? Cause they only pay out to like the top 15. So oh, well, and even the top. That's a stupid question. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, why would you race? Cause it's just going to cost them a lot of money. And that was exactly what I said. Like, that's a stupid question. Because why wouldn't you? Like, 
Yeah. You're racing the best of the best in a cool location. It's a world championship. Like, maybe that's too much of the still the age group athlete to me. I don't know. But, like, why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? What do you think? Like, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's a stupid, like, most of us got into this sport because we love, we love it. We love yeah. racing. We love competing. Like, there's a lot of other things to... that if money was the concern, a lot of the, like, mid-lower-pack triathletes would be doing if it was about money. But it's not. It's about this love for the sport and love for competing. Yeah. I agree. All right. That's my last little tangent that just popped into my head as we were talking. But that's kind of how I felt about it because it, like, it made me ask, like, well, what would I? And, and I think if I had the opportunity, I would do everything I could to be there. Even if I thought I was going to take 25th or 30th, because it's a really cool opportunity to race against the best of the best at a world championship. And like you said, like for the love of the sport, like the most exciting, the most challenging, you find the most out of yourself. And at the end of the day, again, even though the best of the best are showing up, you never know how they're going to show up. Mm -hmm. So why not take a chance on yourself? So, anyways. No, Nice awesome. looks gorgeous. It'd be I know. cool course. However, the one thing that's like stopping me from getting FOMO is when I watched the documentary, the beach was like all rock. It is all and rock, yeah. <laughs> because of the feet problems I had, like I cannot walk on rock. Like I, I can, but haven't like anytime I walk on rock, I have somebody supporting me and helping me on yeah. the rock. Yeah. So uh, that's the one thing that's like helping my FOMO. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they put carpet down, but well, just let me have my thing. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we'll keep it there. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it to myself. I'd be stressed yeah. as hell trying to be ready for that. So yeah, I'm literally gone all of June and then most of July. So. No, I think we have come up with a fun schedule for you yeah. for the year that hopefully will allow you to race at um, the 100K distance in Vegas because I we'll think see. that would be really cool. Um, it, it'd be nice that really for that crush. registration to open to age groupers so I can finalize my race schedule and know if I'm doing yeah. that or a different race. Yeah. Cause I'm someone who say, likes planning like years in advance, so this is really like stressful. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to open this month? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? That could be like the very end of the month. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. All right, everybody. Well, we'll be back next week with more fun, more triathlon fun. And ooh, ooh. yeah, if you have questions, you can send them to either Aaron or myself or head over to the website where you take you.com slash podcast. We'll try our best to answer your questions or go over any topics that you want. It doesn't have to be a specific question. We can just have a topic that you like us to talk about. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah. And if so. you're on our Patreon and there's like some special content you can think of that you'd love to have, let us know because we want to make that a cool space where you're getting your values worth. Yes, agreed. We've currently there's a couple of uh, mini episodes in there on mindset. Uh, I think we're gonna 
my thought is to I want Aaron to do a little bit of us maybe a swim concept because it's really helpful for people. But I love that. If there's any topics that you'd like, and that is exclusive to the Patreons only, so you do have to be a supporting member. Um, it's five dollars a month to so cost of a coffee, <laughs> one coffee a month um, to help support the podcast and um, get a lot of um, mini content and other content and early access to guest episodes and et cetera, et cetera. Um, our goal is to make it a community for you guys. So it will continue to evolve as we, as it grows. So um, if you have questions. Hey, I got to go eat. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. I got to go swim. And so. I got to work. Yeah. <laughs> All that. Awesome. Thanks everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Bye y'all.